Hello and welcome everybody to the Wards of Wrestling, our pilot episode. I am Jesse Rex here with my tag team partner, Thunder Bunny Riley. And since our pilot episode, I figured we could do something fun and discuss our favorites from the wrestling world. So we would start out like your favorite male wrestler of all time, Riley. Who would it be? Hello. Honestly, I mean, that's almost a no-brainer for me. Uh, my favorite is Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, he came into the WWE about the time I really started watching wrestling back in 1988. And he was just, everything about him pulled me to him. And later on, whenever he left the tag team and had that big heel turn um, with Mario Girani at the barbershop, from that moment on, I was just kind of enthralled with what he could do. And, you know, the monikers, Mr. WrestleMania, the showstopper, um, the heartbreak kid, like these monikers, like he really solidified those with every performance he did. I mean, you watched any WrestleMania match and it's the match of the night. It's the one you talk about the next day, whether he won or lost, because that ladder match with Razor Ramon, so many people know that match, but most people forget that Shawn Michaels didn't win that. He went down and lost that match. It's the same with his Undertaker matches. He lost both of those Undertaker matches, and he was still able to be that high of a performer. I mean, hands down, he's he's got to be my favorite one. Oh, I, I cannot disagree with that at all. I think what Shawn Michaels brings to the table, being... I mean, he was the small guy in the story. He was the David to the in the world of Goliaths, you know. And to go as far as he did, to have the success he did, I mean, Mr. WrestleMania, you know, and put on just amazing matches. I'm going to say my favorite match I've watched of his has to be the retirement match of Ric Flair. Now, you know I'm Ooh. a big Ric Flair fan, but to see Shawn Michaels just look at Rick and say, I love you, Rick. And the way it touched the crowd, like, that's just an amazing talent to be able to reach an audience. To I mean, it brought the audience to tears. And I think that is a very rare ability for a, a performer like that. Well, you and know. it is amazing, like, he, he just, he tells a story better than almost anybody in the ring. I mean, in his time, there's very few people that you could put him up against and he would not blow them out of the water with just the way he told the story. Um, probably my favorite match of his would honestly be his first world title win whenever he took on Bret Hart in that Iron Man match at WrestleMania. Um, it was such a huge moment, not just for, you know, Shawn Michaels, but for what wrestling could become because at that point in time we had rarely ever seen an iron man match let alone an iron man match where the entire hour goes without a winner and during the entire hour i can go back and watch it now and still watch the entire hour and get sucked into it even though i know the outcome i know how it's going to go i still get sucked into that kind of match and like you said, like he just he has a way of bringing it out, and for me, that Ironman match really solidified who he was. He wasn't just a heartbreak kid. He wasn't just an intercon 
to know champion, you know, he was a higher caliber wrestler. Like he was a main eventer, even like you said, with his size, he was the, the David of Goliath and he still shows you why David was on top. I, I mean, he really, he really moved the sport forward, you know, with the Iron Man match, with the ladder match, like not to, again, well, hell in the cells too. We're really he did the picking first hell on the, the cell size. It's like, we're really picking on size here, but he broke the mold for Vince McMahon's WWE image, mm-hmm. you know, and the world of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and all these just phenomenally big guys and Sean was never that person no he he was one of the he ushered in the attitude era oh yeah cornerstone of that era for sure so with that being said and moving the sport forward if you had a dream match for Sean Michaels who would it be now Sean Michaels in his prime the best you know the best he's ever been who would his dream match be you know, when you you say it like that, there are a handful of superstars that could step up and give that kind of performance that we're talking about. Um, you have the likes of AJ Styles, Finn Balor, um, you know, various guys like that. But for me, I think not just match-wise, but the story itself that would lead into the match, because as we know, that's very much where I'm from. I love doing those kind of things. Um, it's it's a matter of who would be who would the best be for that, and I honestly feel like Daniel Bryan would be the choice in the ring. Guarantee magic between the two. I mean, you have a story of mentoring and team. You have paths that have very rarely crossed in wrestling at this moment, and it was only during a feud with Triple H. Um, so I think that match with the story build itself would be absolutely phenomenal and. I would say main event mania match without a doubt. Oh yeah, absolutely. I get it. That it's a phenomenal match, and it's it's. So you're saying like for two people that have had such a crossing storyline behind the cameras, and yeah, have never absolutely. really crossed paths in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. For me, if I had to pick an opponent for Shawn Michaels, I would have to go with Adam Cole. I think, I think Adam Cole, he has that, that quote unquote it factor like Shawn has, you know, Adam Cole, he's not even the biggest member in undisputed era, but he still leads undisputed era. Yeah. And they both have that ability to just tell the story when it counts, when they're in the ring. And, and when they're not, when they're not, yeah, and you just you never doubt him as a competitor. And I think putting the two of them together would it would just be magic. Like the way they would compete against each other would be fantastic. Yeah, I that would be a match. Like I would, I would be hard pressed to tune away from anything like that. I mean, I can see easy five star quality match right away. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I just, they would both be just absolutely astounding. I mean, you're looking at match of the year on any card, like, well, mm-hmm. to the night, like, any card you want to put it on. Just fantastic yeah. performance. 
But while we're on the subject of wrestlers we prefer, what about women's wrestlers? I mean, we've made it past the women's evolution. Women have wrestled, main evented WrestleMania. Who's your favorite woman wrestler? Well, again, that was, I was actually a bit more torn on that um, for the reason that I love a couple of the past wrestlers like Lita. Um, I was a huge fan of hers. She really, she made wrestling different. And I think she inspired a group of women like Ruby Riots, Liv Morgans to step into that role and be a more fluent wrestler. Um, but for me, I think uh, Charlotte Flair would probably be my number one. I mean, you're looking at a lady that has been in wrestling for eight years, um, was very open in her book about not even interested in going into wrestling until she was inspired by her brother, not even her dad or her actual brother. And because of that, like it, it's a whole different story because like it allowed her to break out of her dad's shadow right away too. You know, it allowed her to really be the star that she was. And I mean, every time she steps in the ring, you know, who's in charge, you know, she's the queen and she shows and demonstrates that so well every time. Oh yeah, definitely. I, again, I, I can't disagree. I think Charlotte Flair is a phenomenal athlete, just a very high caliber of wrestler in any generation, you know, not even for like a woman's wrestler, just in general, just a very high caliber athlete. And I have a lot of admiration because she has consistently known who she was from the time she appeared on Raw for the women's revolution. She was the queen. And I think that really testaments to how she trains. I I actually didn't realize that about her brother. I didn't realize that she was inspired from her brother. I had always just assumed, I mean, your dad's Ric Flair. Like, this is kind of what you do. Right. But yeah, it was actually, with her uh, being inspired from her passing. brother. Well, with her being inspired from her brother, that would really explain why she kept the bits and pieces of, hey, you know, I am Ric Flair's daughter. But at the same time, she didn't front herself as Ric Flair's daughter. If that right, because that was reason to be there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really good. I mean, so if I were to give Charlotte a dream match, I'm gonna yeah, have who you to go. Her dream match? I, I would have to go with Lita. I think Lita in her prime, she was. She was so different from what everyone saw as a woman's wrestler. And that's not taking anything away from the Trish Stratus or Mickey James or Beth Phoenix or any of those people around there. Like, all amazing competitors. I just think what Lita brought to the table really showed that, you know, women can do more. I mean, she right. came out, she wore the baggy pants, and she had you know, the Hardy Boys style and all this, and I think it really elevated what you could expect out of the women's platform. And I think putting her with Charlotte Flair would just, it would definitely be something to grab your attention that you would have to watch. You would have to sit there and watch this because you have to know who wins. Right. Right. Um, so for me, I know we talked about before uh, a couple that I like. And, I mean, once again, Lita is 
obviously one of those that I would love to see that match. And we got to see the Trish Stratus match. And even though Trish wasn't in her prime, that match was absolutely gold. It was such a delight to watch. Um, for me, I would actually say Beth Phoenix. I know off the recording we said something different, um, but with Beth Phoenix, like when you look at that, she was also a, a, a revolutionary. She was, the, you know, she was the first one to eliminate anybody in the Men's Royal Rumble. She was the first one to to really step up and be like, "I am not just a diva." During the time that there were divas, you know, and this is before yeah. Natalia because Natalia wasn't there yet. Um, so, like Beth Phoenix, and she has. The poise, she has the grace, she has the physical like appearance. Like when she stepped into a ring, it's the same thing as Charlotte Flair. When she stepped into a ring, she knew who she was, and you knew who she was. Oh yeah. It wasn't a matter of oh, I wonder what Beth Phoenix is going to do. No, Beth Phoenix is going to come in a ring and teach you how to wrestle, and that's what it was. She wasn't a diva. She wasn't flashy. She wasn't these things. She came in. She did her job. She made it look good. And then on the backside of that, because of that, the story, which once again, we go back to that, the story that these two could tell would be absolute gold because you've got the second generation gold standard wrestler. And then you've got, besides the fact that she's married to Edge out of Copeland, you also have the fact that this woman has done nothing but dominate whenever she's in the ring. And Where? it would just be where would Beth Phoenix be physically? Like, could that even be possible? You know, right now, yeah. Um, so obviously, I mean, Beth I Phoenix it's was a long shot. Well, Beth Phoenix was the youngest superstar to enter the Hall of Fame, uh, which is a huge credit to her. Um, but she did, you know, the Royal Rumble not too long ago. She teamed up with Natalia, and she looked really solid and performing. Even off record, um, she talked about how it felt good and she could see herself doing another run if there was the right opportunity. I feel like yeah. the only right opportunity for a Hall of Fame caliber wrestler, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And so I would love, that's the match I would love to see. And like I said, I know fantastic. we talked off the air about Tony Storm and how much I do enjoy watching her wrestle, but. I, I would love to see Beth Phoenix and Charlie go at it. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Speaking of uh, Beth's husband, um, my favorite tag team, since we were talking tag teams next, oh, yeah. uh, tag teams. is Edge and Christian. Um, that's mine. And I know a lot of people will look at that and be like, why would you choose Edge and Christian? Like they broke off into singles careers, and that's probably what they're mo most known for. But that tag team um, was just absolutely amazing. You took two guys that couldn't outshine each other. They were so good that they always played with each other well. They played off each other well. They had no problem messing with each other. And then when it came to being in the ring, you couldn't help but watch them. I mean, one of my favorite matches of theirs, obviously, is the first TLC match at WrestleMania with the Hardy Boys and the Dudleys. And that match, it it was remarkable in the sense that, that it was so violent. And again, we talked about Shawn Michaels' matches, like the ones he really like. He became things with Hell in a Cell and ladder matches. These kind of matches came into fruition because of it. It was the same way with that TLC match and Edging Christian and the Hardys. It's 
that match set the tone for matches now. I mean, there is an entire pay-per-view called TLC because of those matches. Yeah. And so for me, like that tag team, like they were just amazing on screen together. They were amazing, obviously best friends off screen, but they were able to take what they had. And when you had tag teams like the Hardy boys, which were natural brothers, um, you had APA, you know, they were best friends that got together through drinking and things like that. Or you had the Dudley boys, which they came over from ECW and the Dudleyville story is very long in itself. And then you take these two guys that no one really had a, a lot of hope in. Um, like when they formed the brood at the time, it was just to push edge. It was just to get edge over. And then Christian came out of nowhere. And they were able to step away from the brood character and the vampire lore and like the, the gimmick there and became people that whenever they were on the mic, you couldn't out-talk them. And then when they were in the ring, you couldn't out-wrestle them. And it's impo- like it's impossible to, to think about where our tag team division is today without them. You know oh, I mean? yeah. They, they are an essential stepping stone there. In the evolution of tag team wrestling. I can't disagree with that. I think their work in TLC was phenomenal. And all credit to all six of those guys. That's just an amazing thing they did that night. But Uh, if we're talking wrestling, I'm going to have to disagree. And I'm going to go real old school. And I'm going to go back to Legion of Doom. Ooh, that's always a great choice. I just... There was just something about, I mean, you talk about the connection of Edge and Christian, and I get that, but, like, the Doomsday device was, like, my earliest memory of wrestling. Especially in tag team. Like, it was a tag team finisher, and it just looked scary. Like, Hawk and Animal, they're just huge men. And to see Hawk jump off the top rope and clothesline some like, just wow. And there was just nothing good about that move. Like, nothing looked like, oh, well, this isn't going to be too bad. No, it was just all awful. It looked and, painful for the person. To hit, yeah, sure. I just absolutely loved it. And if I had, you know, my wrestling genie come back to give me three wishes, my wish for the tag team division would be the Vince McMahon card to be played here. And the triple threat, I would want to see <laughs> the Legion of Doom against the Acolyte Protection Agency against the Bar. And dude, I just think that would be one of the roughest matches you could ever watch. And it's just six guys that like to fight. Like, their entire persona. And I just think it would be phenomenal to watch. Yeah, it would be absolutely brutal. I think for me, um, ideal tag team match with Edge and Christian um, would honestly be the Usos. Um, I think the Usos, they have such an amazing chemistry, not just with themselves, but when you watch them with certain tag teams, like you watch them with the bar or you watch them with the new day, you know, that those matches are on the card, they're going to be phenomenal. And I think a lot of that has to go into, they just have such good chemistry with talent that edging Christian 
would be able to blend so well with that style and the story, which again we go back yeah. to that would be would be such a great story to build. Neither one of the teams have a, a struggle on the mic. Neither one struggle in the ring. So you know that when it comes to being like being there in the moment, developing that story and building that outcome, it would just be an absolute pleasure to watch. And I can't imagine that match going poorly at all. And I would once again, that's a media card match all day. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about it and I have like the Uso penitentiary set up and how serious they have become with that. It's like the shenanigans that Edge and Christian would have towards the Uso penitentiary would be more than enough to make you tune in to watch. That's it true. I mean, would we just used to tune in to watch him do five second poses. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I think that's a real big part of them. Like, while a lot of people were super serious, they would legitimately go dead air for five seconds so you could take a picture of them. Yeah. And that's just, just ridiculous poses. Yeah. That's just fantastic. And then trying to go through the Attitude Era with everybody else trying to do things like this as well, and they were still able to stand out. And I mean, they were able to stand out more than the Dudley Boys or the Hardy Boys um, when it came to their mic work. Oh, yeah. Because something like the Hardys, I like them. They're fantastic. Matt Hardy is still killing it. Jeff Hardy looks absolutely amazing. It's amazing still. But they needed help coming in. Um, and even then, their their promo work has never been the top-notch stuff, which Matt Hardy, I don't know why he wasn't cutting these promos back then because he's a genius talent, and he's amazing now. Um, but they were able to do something that the other tag teams weren't able to do during that time frame. I think, I mean, I think Edge and Christian had more personality than the Dudley boys or the Hardys. Like, they were just very charismatic, and you could right. feel that. And then, like, it's something to be said about a team that was that successful together that break apart and then carry on with two singles Hall of Fame careers. Like, that is just, it's an amazing accomplishment that very few tag teams that were actual tag teams can do. Because Shawn Michaels had Marty Jannetty, but Marty Jannetty never made it. Oh, yeah. Part of that was his age. He was already on the older side of the spectrum, and he didn't have the, the flamboyant charisma that, that Michaels had. But you have, like, there are tag team stars that came out of tag team wrestling into big stars. And both of them were able to do that just based on how amazingly talented they are. Seeing those guys go against the Usos, there's not there's not a weak moment in that match. Oh no. That would be amazing chemistry for a tag team match. It would really put on a spectacle, just a phenomenal match. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We've covered our three favorites. And I think we can cut it there for our pilot episode. Say thank you to everyone. And Riley, any last words? Getting ready for Survivor Series, everybody, because it's coming. Getting ready for Survivor Series.
And on behalf of myself, Thunder Bunny Riley, and Jesse Rex, we ask that you guys tune in next time, and we'll keep the wards going. All right. See you guys.